Hello and welcome to the Matt Belair podcast. As an explorer of the mind and world, author and coach, I have spent a lifetime learning how to push my limits and achieve my highest potential. My mission is to bring you the most inspiring, conscious, and empowering teachers, leaders, and thinkers on the planet. To bring you stories, lessons, and messages that will help you master your mind, body, and spirit. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello again, remarkable human being. Thank you so much for giving me your time and attention. I promise it will be worth it because we have part two with the incredible Jake Eagle. If you've listened to part one, you know that you're in for a treat. Uh, It is packed with gems. So in this one, we're going to talk about uh, depression, exploring teenage depression, uh, how we can have great communication and relationships. Geez, in relationships, enlightenment as enlightening ourselves as an active state, the four criteria for a good life, and so much more. So you are going to love this episode. I want to thank you guys so much who are supporting the podcast with your shares, with your reviews, with uh, Patreon. Thank you so much. If you like the episode, please support it by doing one act of kindness today. It is so important that you take the action. So if you like what you're hearing, please just do one act of kindness let somebody in in traffic, give somebody a compliment, pick up a piece of trash, do just something, write a letter to an old friend, whatever you got to do, just please do an act of kindness. If you want to leave a review, that would be super helpful as well. I want to thank Bright Light Above for leaving this one. It says, incredibly refreshing. I've been on a daily binge since finding this podcast. It's so refreshing to hear the deeper regions of the spiritual and metaphysical spectrum discussed in such a grounded way. Matt leaves his ego at the door and has such a genuine desire to serve in the evolution of our planet. Not to mention the guests are next level. If your spirit craves to explore the mysteries of existence, then look no further. Much appreciated. Much appreciation and respect. So thank you so much for taking that time. Um, If you like the episode uh, in the podcast, please take some time and go to patreon.com forward slash Matt Belair. Toss a buck in the bucket because it really does help uh, improve the quality. Maybe allow me to get some help doing this, uh, to travel, to be in Maine with David Lone Bear Senapas, who's truly the most phenomenal person I've ever met. So check out lonebearsarts.com and check out the vibrational technologies with the pendants. They create a magnetic field actually so i'm all about reactive um you know pemf technology and all that kind of stuff but his is measurable he's a scientist and this is technology from the ancient copper scrolls the same technology he used to throw balloons into space at eighteen thousand feet with a chip that read a signal that is nuts it's <laughs> i'm here to just double check and look right at it and it's 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 wild um so check out facebook.com forward slash distant ancient echoes and please support david lone bear as well um for those of you guys who want some coaching and you want to level up i can help get you from a space if you feel stuck to looking to a more fulfilling life so it's like zero to a hundred and if you're a high achiever um happy to help you know 
teach you how to go even further with flow state, you know, to get that extra 1% if you're, you know, a high level CEO or an athlete or anything like that. Um, but we explore basically um, the concept of learning how to encode your body and program the multidimensional suit that you're in into the most empowering belief system to give yourself a worthy goal and to be able to get there with the right tools. But most importantly, do it from a space of fulfillment and completion and self-love from wherever you are on the journey. That's the most important piece. So if you want me to speak to your group, uh, to your schools, to uh, people you work with, just hit up matt at zenathlete.com as well as David Lombear Senapass. This is a man that you want to speak anywhere, anytime. Um, so reach out for that and we are happy to come and support you guys. Um, I think that's it. Oh, check out uh, zenathlete.com. Um, if you haven't read that book, it's an amazing book. It teaches you all the strategies, the how-to to do all this stuff that we're talking about. They're not complicated. They're actually very simple. You just have to do them. And um, if you go to mattbelair.com forward slash lucid dreaming, get a free lucid dreaming, sign up for the email list, which I almost never send out an email, but I got to change that. I keep saying that, but just doing the podcast and keeping up with that is taking all of my time. Um, but it's good. We'll get there one day at a time. It's a process. Um, and uh, sync tuition. You can get 3D state-of-the-art tracks for uh, three free ones for if you go to bit.ly forward slash gamma waves. So that's it. I'm going to leave it at that. We're going to get into this with Jake Eagles. And before we do it, let's come to a state of peace and coherence and just one thing we're thankful for. So taking in a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath and just think about one thing you're thankful for as you let go of the to-do list, all self-limitation, criticism, the monkey mind. Just let it go now and just focus on one thing you're grateful for as you let that breath out slowly, all the cares and all the worries of the day. Taking one more deep breath in through your nose, really doubling that feeling of gratitude and thankfulness. And let that breath out slowly with all the cares and all the worries of the day. Take in one more deep breath in through your nose, really doubling down that feeling of gratitude and thankfulness that you're feeling now, remembering that you are the director of your consciousness, that there is a way for you to control your consciousness, to live in heart consciousness, to be who you want to be and live an extraordinary life. So go out there and have an amazing day. Do one act of kindness for somebody and enjoy this incredible episode with the man, Jake Eagle people out there who are in relationships in marriages or whatever some key fundamentals to great communication whether it's relationship or in business i feel like you'd have a lot to offer well that's a that's a really hot topic so let's go there for a little while i think the the key to me for people having great relationships is about it's about taking responsibility for our own emotional lives, our own emotional well-being. And what we tend to do is we tend to blame other people for our emotional states. So the work that Hannah and I do in our retreats is teaching people a different way to language themselves, a different way to use language. It comes from um, two of our mentors. About 20 years ago, we met an elderly couple. They were 85 at the time. Their names were John and Joyce Weir. And they had developed a different way of using language. They called it percept from the word perception. And they ended up, we ended up studying with them for six years. And then we took over the body of work and we do these retreats a couple times a year. And people come together. We usually have groups of 20. We go some really beautiful place. We do a lot of experiential activities. And then we sit around and we talk about them, but we do it using language in a different way. And 
a few of the things I can share with you that I think will people can adopt very quickly. Um, one is we almost exclusively talk about what's happening now. So, for example, Hannah and I, we don't really talk anymore about um, who did what last weekend or what happened or who forgot to close the car door, right? It's what do you need now? What, right, I mean, right now, like in this minute, what do you need? What would make you feel better? What would allow us to connect? This eliminates a huge amount of wasted time. Because when we talk about what happened last weekend, for one, we both have different perceptions and neither of us, you know, all we're going to do is try to make the other one wrong. So we just don't go there. Um, the second thing we do is we change our linguistics from saying things like, well, I gave you an example before, you know, I could, I could say, uh, I was talking to so-and-so last night and they humiliated me. But we don't do that. We'd say, I humiliated myself. Um, you don't make me angry. I anger myself. Uh, you don't disappoint me. I disappoint myself. Other people don't do these things to me. They don't run my nervous system. I do. So it kind of goes back to what I started with early when I was holding up these bottles and I was saying there's a stimulus and there's a response. Well, there is a stimulus. You may say something, but how I respond is really largely up to me. It's, it's my responsibility. And so if I can change my, the way I talk, I start to remind myself this is up to me. This is my responsibility. I do have a choice. And I remember you earlier in our conversation, you were saying the key thing for me is remembering. And the reason I like using language, the reason I like changing language is because we use it all day long. So all day long, I get to remind myself when I say things like, I don't say things like, uh, it's difficult. I say, I'm making this difficult. I don't say things like, uh, it's boring. I say, I'm boring myself. I'm doing this to myself. And as soon as I say that, I take ownership, I take responsibility, and that gives me a sense of empowerment and choice. So in relationships, I feel like this is really key to take greater responsibility for our own, greater responsibility for our own emotional well-being. And I'll say um, one more thing about it, which is, I'm a big believer in the need to individuate. And in our culture, we don't have any rituals for individuating. And individuating means to, to become our own person. And first, we need to separate from our parents or our primary caregivers. And then later in life, we typically need to individuate from our partners. And sometimes we need to individuate from our kids or help them individuate from us. But we don't have any guidelines about how to do this. And, and the key piece is to recognize that we're separate. So if we can recognize that we're separate, which means to pull apart, and then to turn toward one another, that's the key, is, is to turn toward, not to turn away. These, to me, are very practical, useful ways of improving our relationships. And... Um, I'm a big believer in things being practical and useful. And, you know, you mentioned before, there's a lot out there about awakening and enlightenment. And um, 
I don't use the word enlighten and enlightenment. I talk about enlightening ourselves. It's a verb. It's an activity. It's something I have to do. It's not a state I get to and I'm done. Um, but my point about these things, awakening ourselves, enlightening ourselves, practicing mindfulness, I think they're all very powerful and useful. But I also think many of them lack a practical application. Like, how do I do this with my partner? And that's a big part of what our focus is on. Before I was a therapist, I ran companies for 16 years. I was a business person. And, and I think it's part of where I get this kind of pragmatic approach to working with people. That's awesome. Yeah, I agree with all that. I really like the last bit of enlightenment as uh, enlightening ourselves and, and it being an active, continuous state. Um, I guess I'd ask like maybe for some of those tools, if you, if you have any, or, um, and then the other questions I can ask, I think is really important in relationships to take responsibility for yourself, but we have two and we have two other scenarios. Let's say you run a business and your employees are, they're literally not doing something. Um, you're in a relationship and say the, the man is a alcoholic and he's not playing, he's like dismissive and he's not, you know, he's like, he's doing things that, that, you know, they make you feel away because they're never at home and they're whatever they're doing, they're doing something um, or kids. Right. And then that's a whole nother bag of chips. So just wondering, could throw that back in the pot and get your, general advice so you've touched on three employees kids and say an abusive spouse so the abusive spouse the thing there is that um, I make a choice whether I allow you to behave in that way and I stick around or not one of the things we teach a dating I call dating relating mating it's a course and one of the things I say in it in the very beginning where you're just dating somebody, I said the key to being successful in romantic relationships is to learn to be intolerant, intolerant. And people kind of go, what? what are you talking about? Everybody says you're supposed to develop tolerance. And I go, well, tolerance is like once you've decided to live together and you're a happy couple. But in the beginning, you want to be intolerant. You want to give somebody information when they behave in a way that doesn't work for you. And then when they do it again, you want to say, hey, I told you that doesn't work for me. And the third time, I kind of do the one, two, three, and you're out. And what it does is it eliminates a lot of the situations you're describing where you are with a partner and the partner's behaving really inappropriately. Now, it's a little more complicated if you've been with the person for 20 years and you've been tolerating their baloney for 20 years. Um, but I'm a big believer in saying uh, that has to stop and intolerance is appropriate. So that's the romantic relationship. Um, with kids, it's a matter of transferring responsibility to the kids. The earlier we do it, in my opinion, the better. Not, not before the age of seven, but around the age of seven, we can start transferring responsibility to them. So instead of having them look to us to determine how they feel or whether they did good or bad, I want to encourage, like I do with our grandson, I want to encourage him to look to himself. You tell me, how do you feel? You tell me, do you think it was good or not? Um, our grandson used to come and spend the weekends with us, and he always said he felt the safest when he was with us. And I think it's because we never told him anything about himself. 
we never told him how he felt. We never told him who he was. We always asked him to tell us. And he really got in touch with himself when he spent time with us. And then the third one, employees, is, a, is, a, is an interesting situation because the owner of the company, the boss, does actually have more power. It is an unequal relationship. Um, I've done a lot of work in organizations, and the only way I've ever been successful is when the owner or the leader of the organization was really very committed to creating an enlightening organization. And that's very rare. For the most part, I think it's a lot of talk that leaders speak, but when it comes down to it, they're still measuring things based on dollars and, and, uh, and performance. Um, and the talk about empowering people and having an egalitarian organization, I, I see very few organizations that really embody that. I have worked for a few that do, but it's not common. And if you have more specific questions about these things, I'm happy to go there too. Yeah, the, the, those are all really great feedback. I just think it's like the common themes of, of what we're dealing with on a daily life. I'm just kind of thinking about the average person who's got a kid and then they got to go to a job. Um, then they might have, uh, you know, people that are really negative and hard to deal with, you know, and since you're really good at communication, just just dealing with challenging people in general. And then, so anything you wanted to add there. And then the only other thing that I would say is you talked a lot about, you know, tools and processes, you know, if you're educating a teen, a youth, an adult, what are some of your favorite practices or tools to feel better, to, to feel more thrilled, more alive, to um, have a beautiful expansive life? That's kind of the whole thing of, of the podcast and my own pursuit is how do I have a magical, amazing existence? And, and when I look at it, I am proud. I have done a lot of that. And it's been just continuous problem solving of how to do these things. How do I get over here? How do I do right? And it's fun and, and it's challenging and, and all these different things. Um, but understanding the consciousness piece of it is really the ultimate mastery to be able to have that peace and security and fulfillment anywhere, no matter what. You don't need to go anywhere. You need to go to the mountains. You don't need to go snowboarding on a cliff. You don't need to go do anything. You can have that level of peace. And, and you've done a lot of work in that field. So I'll just kind of throw that back and, and ask for your advice and best tips, which you've already shared a lot, by the way, tons of amazing stuff. Yeah, I, um, I appreciate what you're saying. The idea of sort of being thrilled regardless of what's going on around you. I, somebody asked me what, what sort of my goal is in life. And I said, it's to live in an open hearted way, regardless of what's happening around me. Um, I'm not, I'm not able to do that all the time, but it is something that I believe is possible. And I believe it's, a combination of, of um, two or three things. I think it's certain skills, like you and I are talking about, communication skills, um, being able to work with my mind and bring myself back to the present. I think it's developing emotional maturity. And what I mean by that is that anything can be expressed in two ways. Anything can be expressed in an immature way or a mature way. And so if I can learn no matter what it is that I need to say, if I can say it in a mature way, 
I think I'm going to help myself tremendously. Um, I also believe anything can be said in a kind way. I don't think there's anything that I can't say in a kind way. Doesn't matter what it is. Um, there was a third piece. I'm not sure if I remember what it was, but um, it's a little bit of this idea of being realistic. So um, I want to I want to recognize what I need to do realistically to feel good about myself. A minute ago, you used the word proud, and I love that because I don't hear many people talk about being proud. They're afraid to say they're proud because they think it suggests they've got an ego, which, first of all, we all have one. Um, second of all, I think that we should celebrate our egos and, and stop trying to escape them. Um, I, I don't talk as much about ego as I do about identity. And when we first started the conversation, I said there were three causes of anxiety. One had to do with our impermanence, the fact that we're mortal. Second one had to do with the fact that we live in an uncertain world. And the third one has to do with what I call our identity and that we get confused when people challenge us they're not challenging our physical being. It's not threatening to our survival. All they're doing is they're challenging our identity. They're challenging my idea of who I am. That's it. That's it. My idea isn't going to die. It doesn't ever get destroyed, I suppose, until I die. Um, it's incredibly malleable and adaptive. And so if I relax around, realize we're just talking about my identity. It's an idea of who I am. If I recognize that, my anxiety level drops tremendously. And a lot of the work that we see people doing in the new age community is very critical of the ego. It's like I have to get rid of my ego. And I think that's unrealistic. And so that's what I meant a couple minutes ago when I said I think we need to be realistic about what we're doing. Um, there's certain things I need to feel secure and comfortable in my life, in my existence. What are they? Go do them. You know, they're really, they're really kind of basic things. And that's, by the way, what happened when we moved here is these things that I had been doing forever that created a sense of security, they were gone, right? I, I, was, I used to work with 10 or 12 people a week. I made a certain amount of money. Uh, I had a certain reputation. Then we came here and I had none of those things. And so that's when I had to stop and reevaluate. Well, what do I need to do to feel safe and secure? That's one side of it. And then the other side is what do I do to appreciate everything I already have? That's the other side. That's beautiful, man. Very, yeah, I like that. I really like the pragmatic uh, approach because I think that what's happening now in what I'm seeing out there and the conversations that I'm having and, and the research is that there's a lot and it's in, but once you get to a level of, of looking at it all, it kind of filters down to principles and then your ability to pr apply those 
simple principles. Um, and then I was just going to touch a little bit on ego and identity. If you wanted to go deeper in that, the way that I've kind of phrased it, cause I have a, a similar approach is we all have an ego of, of who we are. When you look at a kid, you want them to be who they are. The, I, the ego or identity is their preferences. It's their joys. It's their passions. It's their, you know, how they want to express this human existence. And we want that maximized and as unique and fully expressed and permission to go for it. You know, that that's, that's your identity because you, that's the, that's a part of you. The challenge of the ego is, is when you're doing things to, to create a mask, you know, that's where I think where the challenge comes in, but those are two separate things. You're, you're kind of like acting in a certain way and, and, you know, like let's say high school, bro being tougher right or whatever and you're acting in a certain way that's not authentically you that's i feel like the the you know the ego part where we start to change this mask a little bit um but there's like that essence of who you are and i feel like that's the real ego and identity and i don't know if you have similar thoughts or if you wanted to kind of you know give people a 101 on what maybe healthy identity is or however you would teach it well, the, the part I'm smiling about is, is the word authentic. I always get uh, irritate people with this because I think, I think I, I had a guy I was working with and uh, he comes in with his wife and she's critical of him and then he lashes out at her in my office and then uh, he says, uh, I'm sorry, sweetie, um, that wasn't my authentic self. And, and I, I called BS on him. I, I said, sure, that's your authentic self. You can be a pompous ass at times. That's part of who you are. Don't, don't pretend you're some wonderful guy all the time. You've got a great heart. You're patient and loving. I said, you can be a real SOB. And it's part of who you are. Take responsibility for it. Don't deny it by saying that's not my authentic self. You're an authentic SOB at times right? So it's this thing, I want people to take responsibility for how they behave, regardless of how it is, you know? And, and, and one of the keys to doing this, Matt, is the idea, in our work, we talk about the fact that there's no praise and there's no blame. So we're not critical of people when they behave immaturely. We just want them to take responsibility and own it we're all going to make missteps along the way. But I think when people say, well, I made a misstep because that wasn't my authentic self, they're kind of skirting around their own lack of development. They're skirting around their own immaturity. I'm yeah. big on accountability. Yep. Yeah, I 100% agree. You know, one of the things I've talked about enlightenment before, and in, I was trying to figure out like characteristics of what I thought an enlightened person was. I had these different characteristics, and one of them was 100% responsibility, you yeah. know, for for their way of being, for their action. And I think that's where you can kind of go when you go a bit into the woo-woo, they talk about the shadow work, you know, it's not all this beautiful stuff. You know, it's like integrating all that. And if there's something if you are being an SOB and you don't want to be, then stop doing that. Then you cannot be an SOB. You can, you can work on that, but you first got to kind of take responsibility for that process. Um, and, and what you're sharing is, is all very direct, simple. Anybody can, can understand it. And it's powerful. It, 
you know, it doesn't need to be complicated. I feel like a lot of people were going into this stage where it needs to be complicated and you have to have to do this massive ceremony and everything's got to be just right. And, you know, you know, I love the woo woo stuff. I do because I get in there and I kind of see what it's about. And, and, but at the end of the day, there's these really real core principles that after that process, how are you acting and doing? Has it changed anything? And that, you know, even the consistent reminder of, uh, you know, am I thrilled to be alive today? So wonderful with the most basic protocol of having a check, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's why I have a coach and that's why I work with, with people because I'm like, you just sometimes need a check because I'll be pissing around because I get distracted, you know, and I will just, you know, so I have this nice lineup and you have just a simple check of, if I'm, am I being thrilled today? So, or am I thrilled at life? And it's, it's wonderful and simple. Um, am I thrilling myself? Right. Yes. Yeah. And I, and I love it. And it's, you know, it's this idea of like, why, why not? You know, we have this existence why are we not living in this way? You know, that's what confuses me about the way that I can observe the world and, and how people live in it and perceive it. It's just like, this is really a miracle to be alive. We, we want to go in these multidimensional states and this, uh, you know, out of this world stuff. But like, we're here now in this body, we are in the miracle, you know, you just got to take some time to, you know, smell the roses. But then, you know, then the, I'll give you the ideas that all come in. The safety consciousness is I need money to provide for my family for this and that. And then we've got the jobs and then we've got to go to a job. We don't want to go to the job because we want to be here and, and there. So I'm just going to feed that back. And then how do you, you just got to keep coming back to that. Am I thrilled even though I got to go to this job that gives kids food and shelter, even though I don't like, and then just start to guide towards what's, what, what I prefer. It's kind of where I'm at. I think, I don't know if this is true, um, I think that if you can't do the vast majority of things that you need to do in your life for safety consciousness, if you can't do them in heart consciousness, then you're probably living the wrong life. Now, you know, you say, well, I got to go to work at the post office. I mean, are you suggesting I should do that in hard consciousness? Yeah, I am. Uh, uh, could I do it in hard consciousness? I don't know. I have, don't have to do that. But I'm the chairman of a board of a company, and I've found being on the board to be very challenging. Um, it's a contentious group of people, people with big egos. And so I was telling my buddy, uh, Six months ago, I was, saying, I was making an excuse. I was saying, he was saying, how are you doing? Are you thrilled to be alive? And I said, well, I'm in safety consciousness because I have to run a board meeting this afternoon. It's a big meeting. There's a lot at stake. And he was saying, hey, man, that's a bunch of baloney. You can go in there and you can run that meeting in hard consciousness and you'll get better results and you know it. I'm, I'm not buying it. And then I said to him, yeah, well, there's also a lot at stake financially and a lot on the line for me personally. He said, nah. He said, I don't buy that either. He said, you stay in heart consciousness, you make more money than if you're in safety consciousness, particularly at this stage in your life. And it really, I really got it. I really caught myself. It was like, God, I can't believe I'm making excuses for myself, but I was. So I got into the right frame of mind. I went into the board meeting, ran it in heart consciousness, best board meeting I've run, got the results, and I've run every board meeting since then in the same way. And 
I just think we make excuses for why we fall back to these habitual ways of being that we learned when we were very young and maybe we didn't have the skill or the know-how. But we're at a different, I'm at a different place in my life. You're at a place in your life where I, I wouldn't give you any excuses. How old are you? 34. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I love what you're doing with your life. I think it's fantastic. I wouldn't give you any excuses. I would just say, you can do, you can do the things that I understand you want to do. You can do them with a really beautiful blend of safety consciousness and heart consciousness that um, will, I think, be inspiring. And if you say, well, here's a situation where I can't do it, um, my inclination would be to challenge that. And, you know, we may, we may stumble upon something where there's an actual reason why you can't stay in hard consciousness. Maybe there's a particular skill set you don't have. And if we came upon that, okay, then we understand you need to go and you need to develop a particular skill set. And that would be a safety consciousness necessity, right? But in general, I'm a really big believer in holding high expectations. It's a funny, it's a funny paradox, right? Because it's holding high expectations, but then not measuring yourself. Right? Yeah. Well, and I appreciate that. That's a, that's a compliment. And it reminds me of martial arts, you know, the training that I did with the Shaolin masters was so different um, than the training I did at the professional MMA camp, because one idea was kick the crap out of each other, technical fighting. And for me, that's not the whole spirit of martial arts and why I did it. And that's why I needed to go to China. I was so excited about that. And one of the main things that I learned was that I was capable of so much more than I pushed my own self to get to. There's this person not allowing you any excuse to, you know, set your bar where it is. You think your bar is here. Well, it's way beyond. And I think that's similar to what you're doing. And I'm thinking of a practical step for, for anybody listening to this, to, to, if they listen to this podcast, to buddy up. And to do that, right? That's one practical thing and not to give them an out, right? And even you, you know, earlier in the, the podcast, I'm like, oh crap, I'm getting, uh, I'm getting psychotherapy, which is good. I like that because I always want to see, like, I enjoy it. I want to go deep and be like, you know what? That is true. Like, just let it go, right? And if I bring it up, if, if I fail, don't beat myself up for it, right? But it's just like, get, get it out. Thank you for showing me that, right? And then you teaching it and then doing it to yourself and you, you try to sell it right? You try to sell it once to your buddy and he's just like, nope, not buying it. And you try to sell it over here. He's like, nah, and you're like, damn it. Right. And then you go in and, and do it and it becomes, you know, the, the experience you want. And just, just for clarity, um, let's say we're going to the post office, post office, going about our daily lives. How do we get into the heart consciousness? Just drop into the heart and imagine ourselves in our heart before, or. Well, what I use, and uh, I think it, it's either available on our website or I'll make it available, but I use a simple meditation. It's about a 10 or 15 minute meditation I do daily where I, and posture is key to this and you probably understand it really well, but posture is key to moving the energy in our spine. And what happens for most of us is the energy in our spine is pretty stagnant. It only moves sort of the bare minimum. And what, what I believe we want to do and what I've learned to do in the last couple of years is learn to create great fluidity where I can move the energy from the base of my spine up into my heart center and then also up into the top of my head. 
And the more I do that, the more fluid I become emotionally as well and spiritually. And so I really believe it's important to have a practice where we're sitting with good posture. And I can do this if I'm standing in a line in a grocery store now. Working with that energy, learning to move it, bringing it up into my heart, creating a state in which I'm fully appreciative. And there are two ways to talk about that. I can make a list of all the things I'm appreciative of, which is kind of a cerebral way of doing it. Or I can get in touch with the state of appreciation, the state of gratitude. I don't have to tick off all the things. That's okay. But there's a deeper level of gratitude, which is simply an awareness. As you said before, it's an awareness of the miracle of being. And, and, and you can see it even when I do it with you. As soon as I open to that, I shift into a different state. And when I'm in this state, the littlest thing can be a source of great joy. So I can go work at the post office. I can go flip burgers. And the way I relate with people or the way that I experience my own body can be a source of great joy, can be a source of uh, great presence. And, and, and I'm a big believer in not using force in life but presence so most of my life i used force to make things happen and at this stage in my life my intention is to use presence and what happens as a result of that is always appropriate if i come to a situation i bring myself fully to that situation with my my core values whatever unfolds will be appropriate I like that. That's, that's beautiful. I think that we're kind of taught, especially as men to use force, you know, when we can use presence and that's when, when, when you can get out of your own way, that's when they all talk about flow state or spirit coming in or whatever, because you're adaptable and you're, you're in the moment and you're trusting in your body and who you are and everything. And you're not, you know, trying to jam a square peg into a round hole or something like that. And right. No, and it has all sorts of consequences when we jam a square peg into a round hole because we then live with that, the consequences of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, one of the things that has kind of made me think about because there, there's simple things and, you know, um, kindness, compassion, and happiness is really what I've been learning with this uh, native elder and they're the three fundamental star teachings and they're so simple. And when I listen to him speak about it or listen to the groups of people or have people like you on the podcast or exploring my existence, why are we so shitty to ourselves? Do you know where like this idea came from? Like, you know, you look at people and like, if we could be so loving, so kind, so supportive, so compassionate to ourselves, just as we are to give ourselves full permission, permission just to be ourselves without judging ourselves and all the crap that goes along with it you know when you see like a you know four-year-old girl or a little kid they're not thinking about any of that they're really expressing life and when you see somebody doing that um, it's beautiful and it's amazing and you see how they're free and it's and it's interesting as a culture it doesn't seem to be the norm and I'm just curious from your research if you have any just words of wisdom on that idea 
Well, I think that um, it's a it's a huge cultural meme and part of our evolution that um, I think we've gotten way off track. Um, I, I think this is what I'm challenging around psychotherapy. I think the whole psychotherapeutic model of the last hundred years may be contributing significantly to the problem. People are making all sorts of excuses for their own poor behavior. And it's real important. I want to I want to say two things. One is there are people who have mental illness and they need therapy, and that's a different category than what you and I are talking about. We're talking fundamentally about healthy, high-functioning people who go get therapy or self-help stuff. And that's what I'm challenging, that a lot of that is self-indulgent and narcissistic and becomes a preoccupation instead of living a extraordinary life. I'm preoccupied with why I'm not living an extraordinary life. Um, and then the second thing is that I do think there is value in therapy. I'm actually working on this right now. I'm trying to create a checklist of if somebody were to go to therapy for a year or two and there were these essential five things that they need to be a healthy person, what are they? And, and I think it's worth identifying, saying we all need to have these five, seven, nine skills, capabilities. But beyond that, I think that we just spend too much time staring at our navels and um, making excuses for why we're not thrilled to be alive. Yeah. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I think we spend so much energy convincing ourselves why we're, we're not supposed to be remarkable, why this life isn't supposed to be extraordinary, why things aren't supposed to be, you know, amazing. You know, if your life isn't that way, uh, you know, a, a buddy of mine, Charles Clay was on the podcast and he does something called the vacation vibration. And he, he is wise. I, I can, don't know how he's about my age, like 30. But when I met him at Envision Festival, he just so glowing and so excited and I was like this guy knows what's up and he teaches people to do the vacation vibration is just live life as a vacation and it's this lens that he's able to put on all things but you want to be around his presence because it's so much fun you know and one just simple thing that he he did for me when we we're eating he goes uh, do you want a vacation vibration your meal is like yeah man of course and he goes okay and he's just like before you eat he's just like just imagine that you're a food connoisseur and you have to like really taste it. So then, you know, and he's like, then use your non-dominant hand so you're more focused and eat like that. And it's just one little tip that I've used now rather than scarfing down my food and, and things like that. It's, it's, it's similar, but really it goes beyond that to like, why are we selling ourselves that we're not extraordinary? We are such remarkable multi-dimensional, amazing, whatever you want to say, capable beings. You know, we look at someone of a send like, whoa, look at how smart crows are. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. They are smart. Well, it's like, look at how amazing you are. And, and maybe the system that you're in is a bit, we got to problem solve some money stuff. We got to problem solve, you know, like some Koopas that are, you know, Yep. lurking at the corner to try and pull you down with their crap. You got to maybe work with a boss or like whatever. These are just, these are just small problems that it's just like a dolphin getting pestered by a little tiny thing in the ocean. Right. But, but we're, we're creating a story about why this tiny thing is pulling us down. It's like, no, you're a dolphin. You literally just got to flap a little bit and shoot out. And maybe it's a process. Maybe it's not. I think like some of the listeners are a bit older. Some of them are younger. These, these, kids they want it now 
and it's a process. So if you give yourself five year, 10 year window to just what are your values? What would be an extraordinary thrilling life for you? What are those elements? A lot of the time it's a lot simpler than you think, right? So what could you let go of? What could you get more of? And move in that direction with the understanding and knowing that it is possible and spend time selling yourself why you're remarkable and capable and less time selling yourself why you're not. Yeah, I think that's right on. And I think narrowing is also important that we, I think we, we, we pursue so many different avenues and so many schools of self-help and development and people are so fickle. I think find something that works and, and do it for four years, three years, two years, whatever. Really immerse yourself and take advantage of the tools that are out there. Um, I think all the jumping around that people do is, is often a mistake. We don't get the full advantage out of the programs that are out there. Yeah. Yep. A hundred percent agree. Yeah. Well, my friend, this has been amazing. You've, you've shared so much practical wisdom. I got, <laughs> I got some, um, and I, you know, I'm excited to see your work and I'm just curious, um, if is there anything that you wish that I asked that you want to talk about? We don't, we don't have to shut it down, but I, um, you know, if there's something you want to dive deeper in, I'll come with you or any, uh, last thoughts you want to leave the listeners with and obviously where they can check out that program. Um, uh, two things. Um, one is, um, if people are interested in, uh, this 21 day course that I'm doing, uh, they'll find, uh, on our homepage, I think there's a place where people can express the fact that they're interested. They fill out a form and then I get back to them to see if it's a good fit, but I'm still doing those. I do one a month. There's 10 people. There's a waiting list, but it's still open to people and it's all on a, either a free or donation basis. It's kind of my research project right now. So that's one thing. Um, the other thought I had is um, feedback for you, which is the show is so, um, it's so open and far ranging. I think that if you and I were to think about a topic that we might want to go deeper into, we might just do like 20 or 30 minutes on one point. I, I don't know what that is. Um, but if you get feedback from your, from your viewers about a particular thing that people want more on, we, we might just do a follow-up segment where we do, like I say, 30 minutes on relationships or something. Because you and I have gone all over the place, and it's been fun. Um, I just wonder if there's something that people are left wanting more of. And if so, let me know. Yeah, 100%. Well, you kind of put it out there now when I release the podcast I'll, um, I'll have a look and we can also, because we are live on Facebook, I can just take a quick check to see if anybody, yeah, um, cool. uh, I haven't, I haven't, you know, when, when I do the Facebook live, I don't go right in because, uh, well, once I go live, I don't look at it because obviously I can't do too many things at once. But if you guys are watching, if there's any one thing that you want Jake to go deeper on, type it in the comments and I'll, I'll have a peek to see if anything's out there. Uh, and for people who are watching, if you wonder what I'm doing when I'm moving around, there's mosquitoes out here. So I'm constantly swatting or spraying. <laughs> um, Get any feedback? The one would, uh, it says, how long will the high, unquote, bliss last if deep inner child and wounds still exist and are bound to come up 
the rebound? That's a fabulous question. So here's the thing, um, respectfully, uh, deep inner wounds is just a story. It's, it's a myth. It's a whole myth about the wounded child. And I'm not saying, this is really important, I'm not saying that bad things didn't happen. I am, they, bad things happen to people, bad things happen to kids. But the emotions that we have, the primary emotions we have, they have a shelf life of about 60 to 90 seconds. When we feel sad or angry or joy or scared, that lasts about 90 seconds. And the only reason that it goes on for hours or days or decades is because we create a story. And the story creates what are called secondary emotions. Those secondary emotions will keep a difficult childhood event. They will keep it alive for decades. And it really, and I mean this respectfully, it really is unnecessary. And a lot of psychotherapy is feeding the myth that we have to go into our wounded childhood and resolve issues. And, and there may be some things we need to do. We may need to go and set boundaries with somebody who was once abusive to us. We may need to speak up. But we don't need to spend years and years working on these things. There is, there is a different approach. And the high, the high is not a temporary state. The high, and I'm going to call it the thrill, becomes my baseline. And when I say thrill, it's also important to clarify. I'm not talking about the thrill like I'm on a roller coaster. The word thrill, the original meaning of the word thrill was to pierce or to penetrate. Okay, to pierce or to penetrate, like to wake up. So what we're piercing and penetrating is what, what one of my students called the chaotic buzz of disingenuous living. I want to pierce and penetrate the chaotic buzz of disingenuous living so that I can live all the time in heart consciousness. And that's not, um, that's not a high that becomes, um, that becomes the norm. Hmm. It's, a, it's a great question. Um, and uh, the, the last, the last group I did, I had a psychotherapist in it and she would come to the Monday evening session with me and the nine of uh, nine other people and she would feel great. And then on Thursday she would go see her psychotherapist and she would kind of crash. And I said to her, why don't you stop the psychotherapy for a while and see what happens? And she ended up doing that. She, she had, she had created structures in her life. And I tell people at the end of the course, you may have to dismantle some of the structures in your life because we put a lot of structures in place that encourage us to live in safety consciousness, uh, to constantly question ourselves, to look for explanations as to why we're not happy. We have to dismantle many of those if we want to live as full a life as what Matt and I are talking about. Yeah, 100% resonate with, with that answer. And I feel the same way. And when I was talking about therapy and things like that, that was literally the same conclusion that I came to that you're just, you're reframing and then confirming the problem uh, and reliving it and reliving it and reliving it. Um, but you're not really, you know, finding a solution. Um, I'll give you one more question. I, I kind of asked for clarity, but uh, it's from Colette and she says, uh, how to stop being an SOB. And I think that's well, how, how to stop being an SOB, get clear about what you hate about yourself. 
Yeah, so um, this to me comes down to describing for yourself the values that you want to live according to. Um, there's a great quote by Rollo May, who was a brilliant therapist, and he said that in every moment where we're relating with people, there are four criteria. And if we live according to those four criteria, life will naturally unfold beautifully. And if we don't live according to those four criteria, then we'll have all sorts of problems. For him, the four criteria, and you have to figure out what these are for yourself, but for him, they were honesty, integrity, courage, and love. So he said, if you live every moment of your life when you're relating with honesty, integrity, courage, and love, life will naturally unfold. So my, my answer to you is two parts. One is you have to figure out what those four values are for yourself. And two, you have to hold yourself accountable to the conduct of those behaviors. Then you stop hating yourself. Simple, man. I think you know what I'm going to do with this. I'm going to get like a Q and A when I when I release the podcast. I'll say, hey, let's get a Q and A going. And as I receive questions, I'd love to have you come back and, and go into it because obviously you know what we're doing and we're bouncing around. And if we get one central theme, then we could dive into that too. But you're obviously a, a well of depth and wisdom and, and I appreciate your feedback and I appreciate you coming on and, and all the work that you're doing and, and sharing. Um, thank you so much. My pleasure. And you give me hope. I love seeing somebody your age doing what you're doing in the world. I find the, uh, I leave encouraged. Oh, great, man. Well, I really appreciate that. It means a lot coming from you. Did you mention where your website is so people could? I don't think so. Um, liveconscious, liveconscious.com. It's not consciously. It's just liveconscious.com. And um, people can also reach me by sending emails to jake at liveconscious.com. And I'll always respond. It takes me a few days, but I always get back to people. Amazing. Awesome. Okay. I appreciate you. Enjoy the beautiful day in Hawaii. And uh, thanks, everybody, for watching. All right. Bye-bye. See ya. All right, everybody. I hope that you enjoyed that amazing two-part with Jake Eagle. What an outstanding human being. Um, I really enjoyed that. So much practical wisdom. If you enjoyed the episode and you want to support, please take an action. It requires action. The best action that you can take is one act of kindness in your community today. That would be amazing. Another one that would be super helpful is to share this episode or any other episode. Another action would be to leave a review on iTunes. And the most ultimate action would be to go to patreon.com forward slash Matt Belair and toss a buck in the bucket just like a street vendor and support the work and support the art and allow me to continue to do what I do to bring these amazing guests because I've been in it for a long time and your help really, really does help. So if you want to show some appreciation, that is magnificent and super helpful. Um, so I appreciate that. For those of you guys who want some coaching, if you feel stuck, if you don't know how to do any of these things, if you're feeling confused, if you want to design a life that's more fulfilling, that's that's more heart-driven, that you want to find your purpose, um, I can do that. I can help you. We can go from zero to 100, from not knowing where the heck you are or what you want to getting crystal clear on who you are, what you want, where you want to go, give you tools to get there, really great tools that actually work and do it from a space of fulfillment and completion and connection with yourself and harmony in the universe from wherever you are in the process. 
we could do that. And if you are a high achiever, I work with super flow state people, you know, some of the world's best athletes, um, high level CEOs, we can do that too. And it, whether you want to go for, you know, getting that extra edge, that 1% for achieving a little bit more, or you want to learn how to bring in more mindfulness, more peace, more the other side of the spectrum, because that's really what gives you the 1% anyway, it's all kind of the same bag of chips. So if you know somebody that is a wants this type of thing, um, I'm happy to share with them Zen Athlete, go check that out. Because really what that book and that program is is all of these fundamentals Um, so it doesn't matter what you want to do zen life music sport business it really doesn't matter it's the fundamentals for um, achieving in flow state achieving like a zen master so you know the path of the zen master the samurai warrior that's going to become the greatest samurai warrior of all time he didn't do it the first day he created a clear vision a proper plan and a mindset to move through life in a certain way and that's what you're learning this is this is the most next level stuff you're gonna get and made in the most simple way to understand and that's what zen athlete is all about so please share that book with your kids get them the meditations take the action and do it because it requires you getting the material and then it requires you actually um using material and doing what's in there and i made it super simple so even a 10 year old could understand but it's the same techniques i work with you know people are 30 and 40 who are high achievers uh, you know, in the X Games and Nitro Circus and in business and in life. And they're all the same things. It's what I have to do to do this. Um, so they're not complicated. We just got to do them. So that's it. So I'm going to leave it with that. Please go check out my friend, David Lone Bear Senapass. If you go to Lone Bears Arts, Dot com um, and you just say hey Matt sent me he's gonna hook you up he made all of his jewelry is actually vibrational technology um, that creates a field for real that can be measured um, and it's all made by hand traditional Native American one of a kind pieces all of them so uh, please go support him support his work and everything he does and I think that's it I'm kind of ranting here I just want to send out my love and my appreciation to Jake Eagle for coming on for you for listening for giving me your time and attention uh sending you all of my love my my encouragement my well wishes uh, my support thank you very much and before we close this out let's just come to a place of peace and gratitude and thankfulness and just by focusing on one thing that we are thankful for so taking a deep breath in through your nose hold that breath and just focus on one thing that you're thankful for now And just let that breath out slowly with all the cares and all the worries of the day. Taking one more deep breath in through your nose. Holding that breath and just really doubling that feeling of gratitude and thankfulness now. Just let that breath out slowly. All the cares and all the worries of the day. One more deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath and just let it out slowly all the cares and all the worries of the day, just being grateful and thankful, remembering to be loving and kind and compassionate to yourself, doing an act of kindness out in the world each and every day, taking an action, living in the mystery, living in joy, living in fulfillment, and being thrilled to be alive. So thank you so much for your time and your attention. I'm wishing you all of the best, and I'll see you in the next episode.